This is Learn It From An 80s Song. I am your coach, Patricia Freiberg. This is I Love the 80s meets the healing of storytelling and the positive impact of music. Inspiring guests share their powerful stories, yielding incredible strengths. Through both story and music, this podcast will elevate your mood, providing you with a positive outlook. It will ignite recall so that you can tap into your own life experiences. We don't just hear the knowledge and wisdom gained from our podcast guests. Through powerful story, we can live it. Today, we have a very special guest. Please welcome Sean Ruff. Sean Ruff is a fitness and fat loss expert. He also teaches physical education to children in the school system. Sean's mission is to help people lose fat using evidence-based fitness and nutrition. Welcome, Sean. It's so great to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much for getting up so early. I know uh, it's 6 a.m. your time in California. It's definitely nine hours difference uh, here in Switzerland. So thanks for starting uh, your day on Learned It From An 80s Song. Thank you. So this is the part of the show where we have the big reveal as to what song you selected for your story that you're going to share with us. So without further ado, Sean. What is the song that best resonates with the story you're going to tell us today? Can I get a drum roll, please? What is your song? Uh, Beat It by Michael Jackson. Oh, exceptional song. Really great choice. Um, And I can't wait to hear how this resonates with your story. Uh, Beat It's 1983. It came out. Yeah. Yeah. February 14th, it came out on Valentine's Day. Oh, wow. I, that I didn't know. Yes, I didn't either. I remember when it came out, though. Uh, and that's uh, Michael Jackson and Quincy Jones produced that, that album. It's the thr- off the Thriller album, 1982 Thriller came out. And the guitar solo was Eddie Van Halen in that as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. That as well. <laughs> so cool, right? And it, it was one of their best-selling hits of all time as well. And I think, you know, we, anyone who knows Michael Jackson knows that song instantly. So yeah. uh, King, King of pop, you brought it to learn it from an 80s song today. Awesome. Tell us a little bit about your, your story. Well, that song especially resonates with me based on my childhood, uh, the way I, the way I grew up, I'll be honest. And, and some of it may be a little bit heavy, I grew up in a household of abuse and drugs, Mm -hmm. to be quite honest with you. So, you know, I always noticed that when I was listening, you know, when I was going through that, that song always seemed to be somewhere in the background. And, you know, the hook, Beat It, just kind of really resonated with me. It was catchy. And, you know, I told myself and internalized those words and said that I have to beat the adversity in the situation that I'm in and overcome it. So... That's why that song resonates for that reason, just because I, it always seemed to be playing in the background somehow, or I always would keep going back to that song and that track. Yeah. Wow. So really yeah. amazing. And, and it sounds like this struggle that you had 
early on in life, this song was almost an anthem, you know, to push through. It was, yeah. And I know that, you know, the lyrics of the song may not have really been about beating or overcoming adversity. I think it, it aligned more with someone being out of Michael's life or, you know, just beat it, you know? So, I mean, I, I drew meaning from the hook in a different way based on my personal life experience. Um, and I think we do that sometimes with music and songs. We listen to the words and, and then we'll, you know, somehow find a way to make it align with what we're going through at the time or our life experience. So uh, that's what I did with that song. Amazing. And you bring up such a good point because, you know, music, and I, I mentioned this on a couple episodes back, but music is a metaphor for us and it's a vehicle for us to be able to have deeper conversations. And what we oh, sure. get out of one song, because based on our life experience, could be completely different than the person. It will be completely different than the person next to you, you know, yeah. based yeah. on their life experience. And, you know, I've, I've really enjoyed this journey because oftentimes for me, I'm, I'm going to do a podcast on forgiveness coming up and I'm working on it right now. And I already have the song to talk about it. So like I almost heard the song first and then I like know the story that goes with the song or sometimes I know a theme and then I can pick a song based on that. So it's, you know, it's just a really, it's an interesting process and it's a great way to open up and, and have these discussions. And also there's so much that we can't articulate through words and music gives us that place where we can express ourselves. Yeah. I agree 100%. And for and, me, that song was, that song allowed me to do that. You know? yeah. So it was just. Love yeah. that. Love it. And I'd love to hear a little bit more, if you don't mind sharing, just, mm -hmm. you know, I, you know, with what you're doing now and how you're inspiring, you know, children. And then also, you know, your very vast fitness professional life. I would love to hear a little bit about that moment where you kind of persevered. I don't know if you had one moment or a time period or what have you, where you're like, this is where I'm going. This is what I want to do. Right. I think I did. I mean, as a youngster during those times when, you know, I had that type of adversity in the family at home, I think sports was my out. That's what was my saving grace. That kind of pulled me away from all the madness that was going on. And you know, I always say that that, that saved me. So being, act, being active. Now, in terms of pursuing a fitness lifestyle, that happened in college. I met a jazz singer. He was also a martial artist, interestingly enough. Wow. And he took me and a bunch of his other uh, kids that we had in school there under his wing, took us into the gym and kind of worked us out as a group. So before small group training was a thing, he was already doing it. He had about five of us and he worked us out. He took us to a circuit, and then he always taught us about the importance of getting the correct fuel in our bodies to fuel our bodies for the exercise that we were going to do. I'll be honest, as a youngster back then, I got results, and I got hooked on fitness. And that was what really kind of catapulted me into kind of the fitness lifestyle. I eventually started working in the gym, eventually got certified in training, and that's how I got into fitness. Wow. And I felt like I needed to kind of pay that forward. Absolutely. That's amazing. So the sports were your way of overcoming the adversity and staying on the mm -hmm. line of which, because I know 
or I don't know, but I can imagine I should select my words better, but I can imagine in those situations, it's when there's a lot of, of drugs and, and things accessible and it's part of a lifestyle, it's very difficult to say no all the time. And it's very difficult to continue on that straight path when there's a lot going on around you. Yeah. I mean, an immense amount of distractions. I always ask myself, even to this day, sometimes I say, wow, I'm not sure how I was able to kind of get by or or get past that somehow, or how I didn't succumb to the environment around me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. So it was, you know, depending on what you believe, I mean, you know, some will call it divine intervention. I'm not sure what it was, but it was something. And maybe it was being active in sports. Yeah. What was your sport choice? like? Was Baseball your- was my first choice when I was a youngster, you know, growing up. But I played just about anything that allowed me to be active. <laughs> yeah, so, really cool. Yeah. Well, and I love that story of the jazz musician, you know, bringing you guys all together and starting that small group training and right. you seeing the results, but then also seeing the benefit of the safety and form that's provided in small groups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So really so yeah. fascinating. So then I know, you know a part of your, your brand also is, you know, helping with weight management and, yeah. and then how, tell me us a little bit about your nutrition journey and, and how that's worked for you. Yeah. So, I mean, growing up as a kid in that environment, I'll be honest, you know, I didn't grow up with this nutrition knowledge or eating healthy. I mean, we, for the most part, we ate crap. We did was just what was available at the time when I was growing up. You know, my family didn't really know any better, to be quite honest with you. So once I got into the fitness lifestyle, as I mentioned previously, that's when everything kind of, that's when everything changed. I started becoming more curious about proper nutrition to fuel my journey. And I started doing my own research and educating myself. And that's how that really changed. And again, now I'm at the point where I'm trying to pay that forward to youngsters who, you know, are at the age I was when I was going through all of these, uh, you know, all the adversity I was. So hopefully they're getting something that I didn't get. Right. And there are even adults right now who have lived that way all their lives and they need to be educated on, you know, how to properly fuel themselves for, you know, their goals or whatever activity they're involved with. Yes. Yes. And I love how you're talking about how to fuel your body properly and that mm-hmm. mindset of fueling your body to then do your sport. Oftentimes people have the reverse of that, uh, which I think can work against people, which is work out to maintain their weight versus fuel your body Correct. to work out at your best. Yeah. And get the no. most out of your vehicle. Correct. So food, one of the things I try to teach the people also is to have the mindset that food is more functional because most, most people eat food in social settings and it becomes a social thing as opposed to it being for a function. It's to fuel your body for the activity that you do. Mm-hmm. And, yes. and that alone. Now you can enjoy your, there's nothing wrong with that, but I just think we need to adopt the mindset that you know, we eat to fuel our bodies. Yes. Really, really, really interesting. And I hear that more and more now, uh, Mm -hmm. just that, that people shifting that mindset and the importance of that. And also the importance of 
you know, rather than depleting, you know, saying, you know, and, and, and living in that space of depleting, really, it's about like, what could you add, right? What could you add to your plate that's healthy and veg, you know, with vegetables? Yes, we want to limit the white flowers and all of that, you know, and, but also it having that mindset of what could be added to make it more colorful, what could be added to your water to make it that you want to drink more water. Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, shifting that 100%. a little bit. I agree. You should, you know, one of the other things I try to preach to people as well is you should be able to enjoy the food that you eat, you know, and a lot of folks sometimes come to me and ask me, Hey, can you give me a diet or a meal plan? And I, you know, right away I tell them, well, no, I don't want to give you a meal plan. I don't know the type of foods that you enjoy. And they seem a little taken back or surprised by that. Well, what do you mean? I said, well, I'm not going to put you on a plan and, you know, I don't know what you like, what foods you like. Here's the reality of the situation. You can put anyone on a meal plan, right? With a set amount of foods. The truth of the matter is if they don't like those foods or they're not available, they're not going to follow the plan anyway. And it's just not going to work, right? So you want to try to build a plan around what people like, what they have access to. And that's, that's kind of the starting point. And then you can kind of fine tune things as you go along based on how they're responding to that. So interesting. Love that because it is so true, you know, because people I imagine often are like, well, I don't want to eat that. So therefore they can't adhere to the program. And one thing that I've learned, I I study positive psychology and coaching psychology. And, you know, one thing I've learned is Fredrickson's upward spiral model. And it's really about how we can bring positive emotions to behavioral changes. So, mm-hmm. and, and healthy behaviors, right? So, you know, one of which is if there are some positive emotions around, they get to select the greens that they enjoy. Yeah. So therefore there's positive emotions behind the greens that they're eating. And then it becomes more automatic. And the same is for exercise. And that's, what's been one yeah. of my aha moments for me recently has been, is just that when there's positive emotions in exercise, people are going to continue to want to do it. And then it becomes unconscious. They're non-conscious is what they, call, what they say, Fredrickson says. And then it's, you know, positive emotions beget those positive emotions and it continues to spiral upward, right? You bring up an important point. If you, even with exercise, if you don't choose exercise that you have available to you or that you enjoy, you're just not going to do it. You know, I can tell someone, hey, you know, I need you to do a set of bench presses. I need you to squat. I need you to do this. But if they don't like to perform those movements or have the skill to do them properly, it's not going to happen. So you want to leverage what they do. Like you want to meet them where they are. That's really important. Yeah. Yes. Like those small steps. I agree. So that's a great point. You're absolutely right on that adherence to exercise and and how it is got to be something that they they enjoy. And then also making it so that it's not such a daunting task and, you know, starting a new exercise program. Yep. Agreed. So tell me a little bit about, you know, we talk about the Via Strengths here on this, uh, learned it from an 80s song, and that's your 24 strengths that are who you are to your core. And you've got an amazing top 10, I have to say, because I've got it right here in front of me. And and I, and I, I, and I knew, I knew the first one before, like, you know, before I saw the virtue of wisdom and I knew <laughs> that first one, I'm like, wisdom, let me go through this. And 
sure enough, it's his number one strength strength is love of learning and that falls under wisdom. And that was you from a childhood on learning new sports, learning, you know, you know, you're a teacher of physical education, you're inspiring yeah. kids, you're in your business, you're always learning like what we've talked about thus far, best ways to help your clients. Yeah. You know, what's the healthiest way for that person, individualizing it to who they are. Yeah. Still learning. <laughs> it's a it's really a lifelong process. Um, it never really ends. There's always something new you can learn. I learn from my clients, I learn from my kids. I learn from, you know, whether I'm reading a book or something on exercise, nutrition, there's always learning happening. So I kind of, you know, I call myself like a sponge. I'm always open to new ideas. You know, I never think that I have the answer because I mean when we get to that point where we think we have the answer, then we're not open to any further learning. Really? Yeah. Amazing. And those kids are, by the way, those kids are super lucky to have you. Thank uh, you so much. Teaching them and inspiring them. So that's so, and thank you for, for doing that and being a teacher. I mean, there's just, everybody knows, you know, you know, having two boys of my own and having worked with children in the past, it's, you know, it can be challenging at times. And, and I just want to express my gratitude for the work that you do. Thank you. And then your second one is bravery, which, you know, I really love to see is, is that bravery coming in at number two. And, you know, given the circumstances from, you know, the past and how you made different decisions, you can see how bravery really spoke to you early on. Yeah, no, definitely. Again, it just sometimes you have to exhibit that trait in situations where you may really be fearful. And a lot of us, sometimes we overanalyze the situation on whether or not we should remove ourselves or remain in that situation. So it becomes analysis or paralysis rather by analysis. And I ultimately had to make a decision that I knew I wanted to eventually break away from that. And you don't know what's on the other side of that decision sometimes, but sometimes you just, you know, you act in faith that, you know, it's going to be okay. I'm going to find a way. And that's the mindset I adopted. And you know, eventually I, I broke away from that situation and started yeah. my own life living a different way than mm -hmm. I knew at home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it takes some bravery for me to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then you've got fairness coming in. And I know that comes in handy with working with children. They, that's a very important thing for the kids. They want to fairness uh, has to come in there. And that's where equal opportunity for everybody. Correct. And, and as you just said, it just uh, equal opportunity for all the kids, you know, not playing favorites. Uh, you know, kids are very, very observant and, you know, they are always on the lookout for, to see which students are getting preferential treatment and they'll let you know about it yes. <laughs> if they feel that, even if, even if they're, you know, not correct in their assessment. But yeah, just, just, you know, being intentional about giving all the kids the same opportunity is really important. Yeah, really yeah. fantastic. And I know that comes in handy. And then you've got hope, which is that optimism. And I think that, you know, early on having that optimism for you, having that, being able to lean into that strength to be able to, you know, push yourself forward, I imagine was quite important. Yes, it was. You know, I'm a hopeful person in general. I always am hoping for the best, but always at the same time trying to do the things necessary to bring about the outcome I'm looking for. So even when I was going through adversity, 
and that song just kept playing in my head, it gave me a sense of hope that I was going to eventually meet it. Yeah. So that, yeah, hope, definitely. I, I am a hopeful person always. And even to this day, I still am hopeful that, you know, things will ultimately turn out the way I want them to. And that hopefully I will affect the lives of the people I'm working with in a positive way. That was such a good point because I was just thinking, you know, with you and your business and inspiring, you want someone, I, I would want to partner with you having hope in your, your top strengths, knowing that you're optimistic for me in my health journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think and, that's really important also to have, you know, a coach or a mentor that's aligned and, and hopeful as well. That optimism is really important. Yes. Yeah, so good. So good. Well, your clients are lucky to have you. And, and thank you. Uh, yes. And humility is that is really modesty. And that I can hear throughout the podcast. You're, you know, you are thank you. a hugely successful guy and very grounded and humble about all of your achievements. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I'll be honest, when I was younger, I would sort of shy away from any <laughs> recognition sometimes. For whatever reason, I just didn't want to draw a whole bunch of attention to myself. It just didn't feel right for me. I mean, I, I, I enjoy succeeding or, or being good at something, but how do I say it? I don't want to necessarily be showered sometimes, unfairly so. Just, it's just, it just it doesn't feel right for me personally. So. Right. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then you've got honesty coming in at six and I can hear the honesty and, and how you're, you know, talking with us today in the audience and judgment is also important. You've got that one coming in and also, you know, you in your business and working with children, you know, you have to make these quick decisions that are not biased. Right. And, and that's where judgment comes in. It's, it's like being able to make a quick decision with, without having that bias. Correct. And that's not always the easiest thing to do because as you know, some of the judgments we make could affect people in a way that we didn't intend to, but we make that judgment with the idea that we're making a judgment that's best for them and, and all parties involved. Yes. So that's not always easy because a lot of times folks can misconstrue your judgment for being biased or playing favorites or not being fair, when in fact you are trying to be fair and equitable. So that's really yeah. important. So great. So great. And then the, then you also you've got kindness and uh, you can hear that spirituality, which it sounds like spirituality was also something that helped you early on. You had made a reference to it earlier of divine intervention and what have you. So you have that sense of also people who have spirituality in their top strengths, they also see their purpose in the world. Like they can look at things more globally about how you're making a difference in the world, that connection to the universe and beyond. Correct. Yeah. And I feel that, you know, my purpose hopefully is to help people not have to deal with some of the adversity that I did to help them live in their best lives, physically, psychologically. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's my purpose as far as I know it right now. Yeah. 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 Could that that potentially change? Yeah. It could potentially, you know, change course a little bit, but for the most part, I believe that that's what I'm here for. Absolutely. Absolutely. It does it. I hear what you're saying. So, you know, what you're doing now is, is your purpose. Sometimes as we evolve and we learn because love of learning is in your number one. So as you learn more, you're going to want to bring that to help people as well. 
that connection. A hundred percent. Yeah. Super. Gosh, this has been such a great conversation. And, you know, I'd love to hear a little bit about for, you know, an, maybe an action item for our audience that you feel strongly about, you know, in your practice now. Well, I mean, I always invite people to go to Instagram to follow me, the official genre, as well as my website, www.officialtronrep.com. Yes. So that would definitely be one of the action action items. I'm also giving away a free 30-day home body weight workout. They oh, just nice. go to the link in my bio. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so that's audience. You know, you're going to get this in the show notes, a way to connect with Sean, to be able to access that 30-day body weight. And and maybe I'm gonna, I'll let you speak to this. Yeah. Often there is such an importance to weight training. Mm-hmm. And as we know, uh, especially for as we age as women, as we age, it's really important. Could yeah. you talk a little bit? I think there's this, there's this lack of clarity among most people that about body weight versus using weight. So can you talk about how body weight is still beneficial to getting in that necessary weight training. Absolutely. So body weight exercise is still resistance training because your body weight is the resistance. The only difference is, is that you're not using any machines. So when you're using body weight exercises, there's no, there's no learning really that necessarily has to occur in terms of moving a machine or moving a weight a certain way because you're just working with body weight. So I always recommend that for beginners a lot of times. I tell them, if you can't master your body weight or train with body weight, it's going to be really hard to progress using the external resistance or loading you with weight. You can't move first without anything. That's really important. So, yeah, and that's the way I kind of teach kids also initially. So, hey, there's no point in really progressing you to bench press if you really can't do a push-up or that joint action effectively. Really? Yeah. Such a good point. So, and then, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, I mean, for me, pushups are, have always been the hardest thing for me and, you know, therefore bench presses are also very hard for me, (laughs) you know, so I definitely, you know, have to build, continue to build those, the muscles in, in, in the chest. And I, you know, I definitely have no problem modifying, dropping to my knees when I need to, you know, just to make sure I can get the depth of a push-up. Um, right, right. And I feel and I, Yeah. I mean, it's, listen, push-ups are a fantastic exercise. And there's nothing, bodyweight training is, is excellent. If done correctly, there, there will be a point when you develop a certain level of strength that you may outgrow your body weight in terms of strength and you may have to load yourself with external resistance. And that's okay. But bodyweight training is very beneficial. Yeah. So those who are wondering if they can make progress with bodyweight training, you absolutely can. There are ways to progress it as well. Yeah. Yes. And I think during the pandemic, we all learned about that. We all learned oh, yeah. like what household items we could use yeah. to work out. <laughs> no cartons, water bottles, whatever. Yes. Right. Exactly. Yeah. When there was that weight shortage and because everybody was. Oh, I, <laughs> I remember that actually. So funny story. I, I, rented a bench and some dumbbells from a facility that was renting it out to people. And I lugged it in my car. Yeah. And I said, you know what? I got to find a way to get some resistance training in. And it worked out for a little bit. Yeah. A hundred. Yeah. That I remember that like people trying to get a hold of weights because I did some zoom classes throughout the pandemic, you know, and 
but people's like, I can't get any weights. You know, I said, all right, let's start going around our household, find our, you know, can, mm-hmm. can, soup cans and, you know, whatever we could find to, yeah. to use. Yeah. And any weights you did find were exorbitant. <laughs> I mean, it, it was exorbitant because it was such high demand. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and how do you find, I mean, I'd just love to hear your take on this. You know, I mean, we're, cl- we're not out of this pandemic, you know, I mean, we, COVID is still here. But how do you find people transitioning, you know, just from the practice that you've had into now that we can go to gyms more comfortably, et cetera, et cetera? How do you find it? I'll be honest. It looks to me like it's essentially back to normal. I mean, you do have a couple of folks in the gym, you know, that still wear masks. The majority are, are not wearing masks anymore. So I think we're kind of turning that corner a little bit where we're getting back to Mm pre-COVID. So that's what it looks like to me. Yeah, that's that's what I see. Do you feel that people are kind of doing a hybrid of in-home workouts and gym workouts now that they've kind of set up their homes? I do think that they are. And I do think the thinking is, well, we're not completely out of this and, you know, who knows, maybe we're not far from being back. So I think that's the mindset that some folks have. And, you know, I think that you're going to see home stuff here to stay Mm -hmm. as well as online training. I think that that's still going to uh, be around. Online training was around before COVID. Yes. And so it's, it's definitely going to be around Mm -hmm. during and even after just out of the thought, Hey, we saw what happened with the gyms. You know, and yes. some people just honestly want to work out within the comfort of their own home if they can get the results that they want. Yes. And then what would be your biggest piece of advice to those who are starting a workout plan or starting an eating plan? Like what would be your best piece of advice for our audience to just get started? Definitely make sure you speak to a qualified professional and, uh, you know, to work within, like I said, meeting you where you're at. So what do you have available? What do you have access to? What foods do you like? All of those things are starting points because that's really going to determine whether or not you're going to be able to adhere to whatever plan is created for you. So I think that that's the first, that's the first place to start. Again, what do you have access to? You know, what foods do you like? And your coach can work with you to put together the plan that makes the most sense for you based on what you have available and what your likes and interests may be. Awesome. Now that's great advice. Great advice. Thank you again for that. And thanks for all your expertise. And in the show notes, you'll see how to get a hold of Sean and how to work with him. One last tidbit before we sign off, you know, I know you're a very young guy, but if you were to bring back any 80s trends, even though I know some things are coming back, <laughs> especially the 90s, but what 80s trends would you want to bring back? Oh, man. Sorry, put you on the spot. That's okay. I haven't really considered <laughs> that. Some of the music, to be honest with you, I know that a lot of the music is timeless and lives on, but I'll be honest with you, and maybe this is just a bias, but I feel like music in the 80s back then was real music. I feel like the artist was so much more invested and talented. It's just, again, that's just yeah. a bias that I have, yeah. right? Speaking yeah. about fairness, but that's a bias that I have, that, you know, 80s I, music is all-time great. It's so great. <laughs> it's just so good. It is. It's just, yeah. and, and I, I absolutely am biased. However, I will say my kids 
actually find that as well. They they love it. They love to listen to the eighties music, or they unfortunately they've had to listen to it because I'd have serious eighties on, <laughs> uh, you know, in the car, eighties on eight all the time, you know, driving around LA and. You know, but I know that they they would say the same. And I there was just such a freedom, I feel like, within the music, too. There was just every artist had such different trends and different music styles. And there was just such exploration. I felt like it was like exploration yeah. and freedom. Yeah, correct. And just even the outfits that they would come out in, the stage fits and stuff were... Yeah, they, they were all very original. Like Prince was another one I liked as well. Oh, yeah. Prince was, good, was great too. So, yeah, so just a lot of really great artists. Yeah. And great music too. Really great music. Just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> really. I agree. I, I agree. Yeah. Um, if we could just bring a little bit of that freedom and that less, what's the word I'm looking for? Manufactured. Less manufactured. That's a good word. Yes, 100%. More authentic artist. Correct. That's how I would describe it and say that it was more authentic music mm-hmm. then. Agreed. It's a lot more manufactured now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Such a good point. Well, I just want to thank you again, Sean, for, for being on the show and sharing your uh, story with us today. And, and, and thank you. And thanks for all the information you've given us and, and, and that perseverance to just beat it, to push through and and thank you again for being a teacher and inspiring young people to be fit and inclusive in your fairness and judgment and all of those amazing kindness, all of those amazing character strengths you bring to the table. Right. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on your show. Yes. Well, thanks, Sean. And great to see you and have a, have a great, great day. And until next time. All right. See ya. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. We want to hear from you. First of all, tell us how these totally rad stories have inspired you. If you have a story with an 80s song inspiration, we want to hear it. You think this podcast is like totally tubular? Well, we would love your review. Stay connected with us on Podopolo and download the app today. Visit me at www.patriciafreiberg.com. Thank you, and we look forward to a double boost of inspiration next Motivational Music Monday.